Welcome to Being Inspired Radio. I am your host, Amanda Johnson, and today we are on episode 13 already, which to me is exciting. As a bit of a math geek, I realize that it means I'm a quarter of the way through an entire year's worth of these shows, which is super exciting because this whole thing was just kind of born out of an idea, a desire to do something new, something different. And it's fun to um, see that it's already come this far and to know um, or at least believe that it can have so many more episodes yet to come. Today, I have a feeling that the topic is going to shift and mold. There are um, a couple of things that I want to talk about, but I'm really going to just let let myself see what comes forward and what desires to be shared in this 30-minute time slot and trust that it is going to be of value, that it is going to be medicine, that those listening now, later, at any point in the future, which is actually now, the present moment, is going to get exactly what you are meant to get from it, and so will I. But what I want to start with today is I... Of course, because the universe, God, the divine works in these incredibly wonderful and awesome ways. I opened my email before the show today and there's one email that I subscribe to that I am pretty religious about reading each day. Um, it's called the Ennea Thought for the day. It's produced by the Enneagram Institute and some of you may know I've talked about the Enneagram before. Um, I'm kind of a geek about it. I really love it as a personality tool, but it's so much more than that. And if you aren't familiar with them, I invite you to check it out, enneagraminstitute.com. But I've signed up for these daily emails. They're very short, which is why I read them. And today I happen to read it before the show. And of course, was the little nudge or tap on the, you know, I don't know, tap on the shoulder, wink, smile from the universe to say, yeah, go ahead and talk about what you were going to talk about today. Um, so I'll read you what mine said, and then I'll, I'll launch into what it is that I want to share with you. So I identify with the type one of Enneagram. And again, if you're not familiar with this system, um, you go ahead and just put all that aside. It's fine. If you are, you may know a little something about ones. Um, we tend to be very black and white, right and wrong, and we really think there's just one way, and we take things really seriously because if we're going to get it right, darn it, we're going to get it right. And um, it's been really fun for me as I've been on this journey to see just how true so much of that has been in my life, even though I really found the Enneagram late in life, later in life. Um, so I'm using it more now as a reflective tool and a tool for me to see um, to be able to have more compassion for others, etc. 
Anyway, I could do a whole episode on the Enneagram, but that's not for today. Um, my Ennea thought for June 28th, and again, I'm a type one. Today, see if you can do the opposite of your ordinary personality pattern. Have frivolous fun. Find your own spontaneity, flexibility, exuberance, and childlikeness. And again, if you're not a type one or you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's okay. There may still be some medicine in that for you. Specifically, see if you can do the opposite of your ordinary personality pattern. Now, the reason this to me was a little wink from the universe was because earlier today I went to yoga. I went to my yoga practice early this morning. And during my yoga practice, I was finding myself smiling and actually laughing at certain parts because I'd be in a position or I'd be getting into a pose and I'd fall out or um, my legs would start shaking so violently that I couldn't hardly hold it any longer. And what I noticed and have been noticing about myself in the last maybe few months, last year, is my ability to have more fun, to be more playful. And again, this Enya thought was a little reminder for me of how that is actually going against the grain of my tendencies, of my ordinary personality habits. In the past, and even to this day, I still need to be very mindful of just how serious I take everything and I make it. And when I would be in yoga, it was a serious matter and I needed to hit that pose and I needed to hold it for so long. And if I fell out, you'd better damn be well know that I was going to get right back in and get it again. And there was probably a furrow on my brow, maybe a scowl on my face. Now I'm using yoga as just one example, but that was really how I approached life and how I still do approach life if I'm not really mindful of it. But it's becoming more and more natural, I find, to bring a sense of playfulness, to bring a sense of frivolity, to bring a sense of fun to what it is that I do. And the one thing I want to say about that is, uh, and I was just reading an article or a study um, for a book that I'm working on right now that talks about how important it is for our levels of happiness and joy and really having um, a fulfilled life, the, the ability or the skill to not take ourselves so seriously, to laugh at ourselves, to, um, you know, kind of see something in the moment and, and, and go, oh, isn't that funny? Let me try again. That ability, that skill, which I do believe is a skill that can be learned because I am learning how to do it does lead to a more um, happier, more joyful existence. And so that's my first thing today is if you're finding yourself taking things a little too seriously, and again, some of us will have that be our default mechanism, some of us not. Some of you listening may not have any problem at all taking things lightly. Uh, That may be more natural to you. That may be more of a default setting. But if you're anything like me, Um, And there are lots of people out there who probably fall into a similar category as myself. We can get a little serious about things. And it's, it's my invitation to you to see if you can smile through it. See if you can laugh when you, you know, make a mistake. Can you, can you laugh at yourself? Um, Can you not, instead of beating yourself up about it, 
can you say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I did that. Let me try again. Um, if you find yourself, you know, thinking really hard about something or trying to solve the problem, can you bring a little levity to the situation? Um, and then for me, I think it's important because as I've been walking this spiritual path, um, as many of us are, it can be really tempting to see spirituality as this thing that is really serious at times. And um, what we're here to learn, we need to really um, take seriously because, well, again, after all, we're on this path and there's, you know, things I need to learn and things I need to heal and and I need to really dig deep and, um, you know, uncover the depths of my being and it can be really heavy and it can seem really serious. And again, I say all of this through my lens and through my life experience. This may not be how you see it and that's okay. Um, that's great. But for some of us, we might feel that way and we might experience that that way. And I, I just invite those of you who this sounds familiar, um, maybe it sounds like something you do, to just take a breath. See if you can even just turn the corners of your mouth up into a smile. I find that, and I'll go again to my yoga pose because I think, my yoga example, because I think it's so profound in a, in a weird way and yet so simple, is if I can even just be mindful that in a pose where my body is shaking, where I am in a lot of discomfort, if I can just turn the corners of my mouth up, if I can soften my brow, it's more, it's easier. I can endure it better. Um, so that's my invitation. And that takes me to this other thing I really want to talk about today. So the Enya thought of the day for me was asking me to do the opposite of my normal tendency of my patterns. And I've been talking a lot about this actually with a dear friend of mine recently. But when we, for me, the reason we are stuck in anything in our lives, uh, in our job, in our behavior, in our habits, in our, you know, ways of thinking, in the relationship, in the whatever. Anytime we feel stuck, it's because we are stuck in our habits, in our patterns, in our way of being, and we don't see another option. Sometimes we see that there's another option, but we choose not to because, again, we're so rooted in this way of behaving, the default setting, the pattern, the habit. This is the groove we talk, we hear about in our brains. There's a, like we've carved a neural pathway. You know, that's, that's the habit. We've literally gotten ourselves stuck in this groove. Uh, some of us don't even see that there is another option, you know, so some of us are still stuck and blind to other options. But even for those of us who know there are other options, it can be really hard to get out of this groove. And for me, it's because stepping out of that groove to break that pattern or that habit to expand our possibilities, our options, our choices to have more freedom in life is at first uncomfortable and will remain uncomfortable at times so long as we are doing that, so long as we are stretching ourselves, so long as we are moving ourselves outside of our habitual routine patterns. 
again, I'm going to use yoga as an example. When I'm in a, in a pose, it is uh, in some ways intended to be uncomfortable. If I am stretching myself, if I am going beyond what I am capable of. Now I can go through yoga and it can be a really comfortable, enjoyable experience because I will hit my pose just the way my body always does. I'll find the groove. I'll find myself fit comfortably into that position and I'll just hang out there. That's one way of doing yoga. That's one way of living life or going through life. The other way is to say, I'm in this position, but let me see if I can find that that edge. Where's the discomfort? Now, does that mean I have to kill myself or hurt myself or you know do it um, nail every pose the first time out? No, because that actually is just another habit, another pattern that many of us find ourselves in. But what it's asking us to do is see if we can just push beyond ever so slightly. Because here's the thing. I had this belief that when I started moving down the spiritual path in a much more um, kind of I was more aware that that's what I was doing. So a few years ago when I said, oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm on the spiritual path and here's what I'm learning. I really believed that part of what I was going to eventually experience and what I was moving towards was to, you know, be, be at peace, be at ease, have more joy. And what that would mean is that all of these discomforts, all of this stuff in my life that I didn't like that felt, you know, it had me feeling uneasy. It, um, it had me stretching myself and, and I didn't like it. I thought all of that would go away because I, that is to me what bliss is. Um, that is to me what peace meant. But what I've been learning is that being at peace, being at ease, having a sense of joy, These are inner states of being and we get to, the more we practice to be in those inner states of being, then we can actually take that with us when we are in discomfort, when we experience discomfort. So it's not that we're going to no longer experience discomfort in our lives. I'm actually starting to hear very clearly, um, a lot is pointing me to right now, recognizing just how much discomfort there is in life and how it's actually our, our path to not rid ourselves of it, but to be comfortable in it. Can I be at peace while in the discomfort? Can I be at ease while in the discomfort. And that to me is what I am seeing demonstrated while I practice yoga. Can I stay connected to my breath? Can I maintain a calm, easy face, relaxed face, maybe even a slight smile on my lips while I'm in an uncomfortable pose? That's the physical manifestation of this practice but it can happen anywhere in our lives. So it's not about escaping discomfort, which when we are in our habits, when we are in that groove, that's what we're doing. We are are trying to escape discomfort or avoid it. When I'm in my groove, when I'm in my little comfort zone, 
when I'm doing my habitual response, reaction, tendency, pattern, that is comfortable. And you might find this in your own life as I say this. What's that thing like? Well, anytime this comes up, this is how I respond. Why? Because it's comfortable. Now, we all enjoy comfort. That's, that is another part of the human experience. We are drawn to comfort. I know for myself, I am totally drawn to comfort. Um, also an Enneagram tidbit here, because I have a nine wing, which may sound like gibberish to you unless you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't really matter. But because of where I fall in this spectrum, on this wheel, if you will, I have a tendency to want to be at peace at all times. That means doing something uncomfortable disrupts my peace, or so I used to think. So it is definitely an ongoing practice for me to continue to stretch myself to do things that are uncomfortable, knowing that I can still maintain an inner peace and inner ease through it. So when, when I'm being asked to do the opposite of my ordinary personality trait, I'm being asked to stretch myself. I'm being asked to step out of my comfort zone and to do something else, which at first is going to feel uncomfortable, almost for sure. So if I'm used to, here's an example, in my life, I would over-prepare for everything. Why? Because I wanted to make sure I got it right. It had to be perfect. I was not comfortable with being um, in front of a group or turning something in or having a conversation with somebody without days, weeks of preparation so that I felt I knew exactly what I was going to say, when I was going to say it, how I was going to say it, or what I was going to present or turn in. Now, I'm not saying preparation is bad, but I would do that so much. Why? Because it was comfortable. It helped me relieve any of the discomfort I felt in having a conversation, giving a presentation, um, hosting a talk. Whereas now, and this radio show is a beautiful example of this, the reason I started this radio show was to stretch myself to do the opposite of my tendency. So if my tendency has been to over-prepare, to make sure I have all of my notes, what am I going to say, what's the order going to be, what's the takeaway, that's how I was in the past, that was my natural default habitual pattern to feel comfortable in those situations, the opposite was coming completely, quote-unquote, unprepared. No notes, no outline, no rehearsal, and sharing what it is that I feel called to share in the moment. Was it uncomfortable? Yes. The first few episodes were really uncomfortable. Is as uncomfortable now? No. I'm finding it to be much easier. And the thing is, it doesn't mean I can't ever prepare in the future or for a show or for a speech or a presentation. 
But what it says and what it offers me is now my comfort zone. If we can kind of look at it as a circle for so many years, I was just running up against one edge of the circle time and time again. Like I kept pushing it in one direction. So actually the circle, it wasn't even a circle shape. It was, you know, this funny weird shape because I was just pushing out on one side of it, thinking that's the only thing I can do. It's the only way I'm safe. It's the only way I'm okay. But what I did when I did the opposite is I went to the other side of the circle and I started to push that side out a bit. So now I was creating like an oval. Okay, so now both both sides are a bit of an oval. Now if I just kept pushing on that side, doing the opposite all the time, I was going to once again end up with this really wonky shape um, and it would ultimately just become another pattern, another habit. So for me, the lesson in all of this for each of us is, can I stretch myself in the opposite direction so that I can come back to the center of this circle? It's probably like an oval right now. So we're going to need to stretch out the other sides as well. We can do that with other tendencies we might have, but ultimately what we're doing is we're taking our, our now oval and over time, we're going to be stretching it, stretching it into a perfect circle so that we are in the center of it. And at any time, I can go to one side or the other. I can reach that area or I can go to the other area. And I'm constantly able to make a choice from the center, never feeling caught or entangled or pulled in only one direction. But again, it took me having to first do the opposite and then let that go as well and come back to the center. So who knows? This radio show may evolve and and there are times where I prepare. Um, I find that when I have a guest, I prepare a bit more than when I'm on my own. I still don't go to the extreme of over-preparation because again, that was, that was a groove that I'm, I've now in some ways leveled out. So it's not, it doesn't have a strong of a pull for me. But that's just one example of so many in terms of where do we have our tendencies, our habits, our grooves, and can we practice doing the opposite of that? The thing is, we don't have to do that with all of our tendencies all at once. And it's not something that we have to do forever at all times. Again, and I say this because I tend to believe, have in the past, very black and white, all or nothing thinking. So I often now add very um, heavy-handedly a reminder for all of us that it doesn't need to be all or nothing. But some of you already know that. But what we can do is even even just in a day, is there one thing today, one moment today where you know this is how I often or always respond Or this is what I often or always do in this situation. And can you think of what is the opposite of that? Another example I might use, um, and this came out of a a program I, I attended last year where we were asked to do this exercise or a similar exercise. And one of the tendencies I found I had was smiling at somebody every time I walked in a room. I'd walk in a room and I'd make sure to smile at someone. Now, that doesn't seem like a habit that someone needs to break. And here's the thing. Here's the disclaimer. I'm not saying we have to break all of our habits because they're all bad and wrong. 
some of our habits really serve us. But what it helps us to do is to get out of the groove, to have more choices, and to know and recognize and experience experientially that we are okay no matter what. So once you've gone through this, and I'll explain the exercise here in just a second, it's, um, it doesn't mean that you now can no longer do that. But you've now stretched your circle, and now you have a bit greater perspective to see, do I want to do that? Does that habit, does that pattern, does that tendency serve me? If it does, great. I'll choose to do it again. But maybe it doesn't. So my example was I noticed myself smiling at people every time I walked in the room. For me, that made me comfortable because it made me feel connected. It made me feel like, hmm, maybe this person will like me. It had me think that if I don't smile, they might think I'm a jerk. So it was protective. So I had all of these reasons that I ultimately kind of dug up, all these beliefs, because that's the other thing. We do these habits because there's some underlying belief that we're covering up. So I was able to see, this is my tendency. What is the opposite? Well, I don't have to like scowl because it's not necessarily the direct opposite, right? The direct opposite might be, I have to like shout at a person every time I walk in the room. So that's not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is, okay, if, if smiling does this for me, what would the other response be? Well, it might be just walking into the room and not making eye contact with people. That feels uncomfortable, even just thinking about that for me. Hmm, okay. And yet, by practicing that, I became less attached to the need to smile at people. I became less attached to the need to have their external affirmation of who I am. I became less attached to needing to make sure everybody likes me. Because that's ultimately what I was doing by smiling at them. So I was becoming less attached to my habit and my tendencies, and I was becoming more okay with being in the discomfort of not making eye contact with somebody because it wasn't comfortable at first. But ultimately, I made peace with that because I let go of my attachments. Now, today, when I walk in a room, I can make eye contact. I can smile if I want to, but I'm not going to feel forced to. And I'm not going to feel as if my okayness, my self-worth is dependent on somebody else's validation, on somebody else and what they think of me. So that's yet just another example. I have so many of them, but I don't need to go in it anymore, I don't think. That feels good. So what I want to say, kind of in summary, I suppose, is the couple of things we were looking at today. One, we don't have to take everything so seriously. So if you're somebody like me, you might find that being reminded, being given permission, being invited to keep a smile on your face, to stay connected to your breath, to keep a relaxed face, and to be able to laugh at yourself in these moments is huge. And the other thing is, for us to stretch ourselves, to re first recognize that the reason we do almost everything is because we don't like to be uncomfortable. And so what do we do? We find the, the most natural path, which is the habits that we've 
that we've created to stay comfortable, to feel safe. So we keep running our uh, behaviors through the same track over and over and over again, just deepening the groove. And so to break that habit, it really takes us doing sometimes the opposite. And it doesn't have to be the direct opposite. It needs to be the other thing to do that won't give you the same sense of comfort, that won't give you the same sense of safety or security in that moment. And you do that long enough to show to yourself, to your ego, that it's okay. It's still safe. It's a little uncomfortable, but we can deal with discomfort because that's, that's what we're here to do. Growth and change only happens in the discomfort. And ultimately, anytime we find ourselves reaching for something over and over and over again to quiet the discomfort, to make it go away, to avoid it, to run away from it, to escape it, that is a really good indication that we have become attached to something, that we have developed a habit or a pattern, and it is worth looking at. So that is my invitation to you today, and I leave it with that. These are so much fun for me. I'm enjoying the playfulness that I get to have, um, the fact that I don't have to take it so seriously, and then I can stretch myself um, and not fall into all of my old patterns and habits of how I once was, but rather develop skills of being more versatile, more expansive, and more at peace with the discomfort. And I wish that for each and every one of you listening today. Many blessings to you. And please, if you have a minute, enjoy India Ari as she closes us out with I Am Light. Pieces of the brokenness inside